Today, we are re-releasing this episode on Jason Reynolds' work from August 15th, 2018. We love his work and believe that he is a wonderful author to discuss in the classroom. And we also just love the way that he speaks and especially the way he speaks to young people. There are lots of resources and opportunities online to see him speaking, which we can provide in our show notes. In this episode, we talk about Long Way Down, Ghost from the Track series, and When I Was the Greatest. One of the great things about Jason Reynolds is that he has a lot of books. All of them are great for classroom use, and many work both in middle and high school. We were able to teach his book Long Way Down with our students and had such a great experience talking about his ideas and showing our students Reynolds himself speaking, which was really powerful. We have resources available that are relevant at this time. We are currently, as we're recording this, working to finalize resources that we used in the classroom with our students for a long way down that we would like to share with you. So those will be available shortly. And if you are interested in access to any of the resources that we have at our Teachers Pay Teachers store and would like them for free, please email us at unabridgedpod at gmail.com. Hello and welcome to Unabridged, the weekly podcast where teachers take on books. This is Sarah. Join us for bookish episodes and a monthly book club pick. This is Ashley. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Unabridged Pod or go to our website, unabridgedpod.com, where the books we read are linked for purchase. This is Jen. Check out our Teachers Pay Teachers store, our Patreon page, and our newsletter. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to support us. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hey, this is Jen. Today we're happy to be discussing Jason Reynolds' books, including Long Way Down, Ghost, and When I Was the Greatest. In Long Way Down, Will Holloman's brother Sean has just been killed in a horrific act of violence. The novel centers on Will's decision as he descends in an elevator. He can either follow the rules that govern his world and seek revenge, or he can make a change. Through the book, he contends with the ghosts from his past as he grapples with his decision. What did you all think of this book? I loved it. I thought, well, I think Jason Reynolds is just a masterful writer, and I'm always here for a book and verse. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the attention that an author has to give to each word that they select in a book and verse. And um, this this was just great. And I what I really appreciated is um, as we follow Will, I loved the way that um, the story was crafted so that you could really understand all sides of the story mm-hmm. and you could understand this anger that is occurring, you mm-hmm. know, in the lives of these young men. And I just, I really appreciated it. I thought it was really well done. And I think it would be really accessible for middle grade students and would really, especially people from, since I'm, you know, from a small town Mm -hmm. and we don't, I don't have as much experience. I think that it provides a good portrait of the the struggles Mm -hmm. that the characters are facing. Yeah, this is Ashley, and I I loved it. I like Sarah said I like the novel in verse very much. Um, and this one I read in one sitting, which is always a good feeling. Um, and you know, it was because it was so compelling. It moved really quickly. It was powerful and engaging, and so I just really enjoyed it. And like Sarah was saying, I feel like it's very accessible for students. 
And so I think that's great. But I also love it how, how Reynolds really gets to the heart of the matter. And I think he shows really well the struggle that Will is having and that he is struggling with the loss, but also that his loyalty and his honor mm-hmm. were the things that were leading him to, you know, he's he's going down the elevator to kill who he believes has killed his brother. Yeah. And so I think all of it is about honor and integrity and um, loyalty and that, that he believes that he has to do this horrendous mm-hmm. task because that's what it takes. And so I think that's what I really appreciated is just how what can sometimes seem like senseless violence or, um, you know, just unnecessarily cruel Mm -hmm. kind of behavior um, makes a lot of sense. And I think that Jason Reynolds does a really great job of showing that within the context is very logical for him to think that he's going to act on this. But then I love how as the other um, people who have died come into play that it shows more about you know the ramifications of that and yeah. the ramifications of that decision um, and not that he doesn't know them because I think that we see that when he thinks about um, his mom who mm-hmm. is going to be even more heartbroken um, as he makes this choice you know he's aware of it but then just watching it play out as you see the um, the all the people that he's loved and lost mm-hmm. and how all of those pieces fit together into this um, you know this complex web mm-hmm. I think is really powerful yeah yeah. Um, yeah I read this for the second time to prep for today and it's a book that holds up on the second reading um, I thought you know the first time I read it in one sitting both times the first time I was so focused on plot and what's going to happen mm-hmm. and so I think it's compelling on that level and then the second time I was much more focused on just the craft of of the book and the power of the poetry and the way that Jason Reynolds uses that poetry to emphasize certain parts of Will's story mm-hmm. I mean I think as you see these um, themes that he's developing through the book there are circles there are cycles things come back Mm -hmm. you see things you know it's like a big chain it's this everything is linked each character's decision impacts him him or herself but also the next generation Mm -hmm. and so you see how it's will at the end of this long chain of actions instead of him making a decision that is only thinking about himself yeah i mean it's just it's beautifully written I kept thinking about it as a teacher and kept thinking about what I would teach the students about, like the choices about where to make line breaks or how to separate this out on this page and what that means about the way that you read it and how it impacts you as a reader to set aside certain super powerful statements. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of depth there, which is, yeah. Again, it's great to read something for the second time and think, oh my gosh, this this maybe even is more powerful the second time through. It really holds up. Well, when I was prepping for today, I was taking pictures on my phone of quotes. And then I realized I was taking a picture like every uh-huh. page almost. Yeah. And it to like to to like to speak to the poetry and yeah. the way that he uses the words and breaks and um I mean just phenomenal. So um, through the book we hear a lot about the rules that govern Will's life. And the rules are that there's to be no crying, no snitching, and that if someone you love is killed, you have to get revenge. Um, And there's this beautiful quotation. He says, another thing about the rules, they weren't meant to be broken. They were meant for the broken to follow. Um, And so I think through the book, we see Will as this broken person who has such sorrow. And so as he sees these ghosts in the elevator, 
it's both comforting but also reminding him over and over again of the rules which is not really comforting I mean what did you all think of that of the part with the ghosts and of the rules and yeah I mean I felt like he I, I loved all of that about the rules and how the rules are dictated by this larger force but then are passed on through families and that then there's this profound expectation mm-hmm. on people when this happens. And then the, in the elevator, you realize how often it happens mm-hmm. and how many times in his personal life. And I just think, I mean, I think the, the Hollerman last name is significant. Yes. And I just feel like, you know, the symbolism there of him being hollow or having this like, you know, all the all this death, all this mm-hmm. death around him that then he has to not only carry, but also bear the burden of acting on. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, I loved how with the ghost we also see, like with his dad and how and making mistakes, not yes. knowing who the killer is because there's no snitching. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, one of the rules <laughs> is don't snitch. And then they're having to say what I, I, I think I know because... Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, you have to take revenge, but you don't know for sure that you're acting appropriately. And, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, I just feel like the ghost helped to reveal all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I I agree with what both of you have said. But um, and I also really like the fact that throughout the book, there's this doubt, this thread of doubt about really even Mm -hmm. who killed Sean. So when Riggs is mentioned, we're not, we don't even know. And Will doesn't really know if that, if Riggs is who killed Sean. I mean, we get this doubt and, and it's compelling to see that he just wants justice for his brother. Mm -hmm. But in the same case, he's not sure really if Riggs is the one. I mean, it's all just circumstantial evidence. So you feel like in a court of law, it wouldn't hold up, but that's not where we are. It's it's not gotten to a court of law and it probably won't. Yeah. Well, and then with his father too. Then right. with father, mm-hmm. his father having killed the wrong person, who who he thought murdered his brother. Then I mean, it's all it's, it's like this mm-hmm. history repeating itself, mm-hmm. and it's just really. I mean, it, I just can't say enough about how well crafted the story mm-hmm. is, and how many things, how many threads that are repeating throughout the book yeah. that yes. you just. I mean, even now when we're talking, I just I'm like, oh yeah, oh wow, yeah. that that was. So well done. When it's so brilliant that there's so much that repeats, but then each ghost who enters the elevator is a different Different. side Mm -hmm. or is a different, Mm -hmm. is a new experience. Mm -hmm. So there's repetition, but then there are also these fresh takes on, fresh takes sounds positive, and it's not positive, (laughs) these new (laughs) angles on what Will's life has been and how he as a character and as a person has been shaped. So I think, you know, at the end of the book, Will calls the elevator his cell and his coffin. And I think you see there are two potential outcomes that are very realistic Mm -hmm. depending on the decision that he makes. And so when you look back at Jason Reynolds' dedication, when he says, for all the young brothers and sisters in detention centers around the country, the ones I've seen and the ones I haven't, you are loved, you get a hint of his audience and also of how Will fits into that audience and yeah maybe maybe the message Reynolds is sending yeah well and I read an article from NPR about Jason Reynolds and he said that when he wrote this he wanted it to be able to be read in a short amount of time because he was really trying to reach young black men that don't have that they have so many things going on Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. we saw in this book that they but that they might read this book Mm -hmm. yeah he said that Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the power for change is really yeah. awesome mm-hmm. um, in this. But also, I mean, I, I like I said at the beginning, I just, I loved how 
he portrays with so much respect mm-hmm. the view that Will has. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I think often we don't get that. We think of somebody who um, takes someone else's life as a killer. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of prejudice that comes with that feeling and a lot of attitudes about the kind of person who would do that kind of thing. Right. And I love how in the book, like, he's never even held a gun before. Yes. And he's so, you know, the whole, um, all this, I mean, talking about the beautiful language, like all the things about the middle drawer mm-hmm. and, um, you know, how... Sean comes to have to carry those responsibilities and that burden and then how that goes on to Will. And I think that, you know, that's just a different perspective that, again, if you think about if he's trying to reach people who really are in those situations, Mm -hmm. that is is one of integrity and honor and not always one that is, you know, coming from a place of, like, cruelty or um, callousness even. Yeah. Well, I think too, like there's a certain community built, you mm-hmm. know, that that you're taking care of your own, mm-hmm. and um, and there, a lot of times the justice is not happening elsewhere. So it's you know justice the the only justice that is going to happen for mm-hmm. these horrific acts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think about the end as well when Will is looking to Sean for reassurance. So you know he is trying to make this decision on behalf of his brother's on behalf of his brother really and he's so torn he's so scared and so when he looks to Sean and Sean's just not giving him anything back I mean I just think you see it's great to see Will as such a vulnerable character mm-hmm. um, this is not whatever decision he ends up making it's not an easy one that he yeah. is wrestling with it and that he's thinking about again just all of these people in his life who have made him think that this is one of the decisions that is most reasonable for one that him. he has to make i mean yeah. in a lot of in a lot of ways it seems you know from his perspective it's his duty right and right. his responsibility and so if mm-hmm. he doesn't do it then he is failing mm-hmm. on what's on on taking care of his brother right. i mean on something that is vitally important to him so I found this quote, the quote by um, Jason Reynolds, uh, that he, t- when talking about why he wrote Long Way Down in verse, and it says, these are his direct words, I need my young brothers who are living in these environments. I need the kids who are not living in these environments to have no excuses not to read the book. The truth of the matter is that I recognize that I write prose and I love prose and I want everybody to read prose, but I'm also not, I would never sort of deny the fact that like literacy in America is not the highest, especially amongst young men, especially amongst young men of color. And I just love that mm-hmm. he has tried to make this book as accessible as possible yeah. to everyone. And I mean, it just really speaks a lot to him as an author and to the audience he is writing for. Mm-hmm. So we're going to switch now to um, Jason Reynolds's book, Ghost, which is the first in his track. I'm going to make up this word, maybe quadrology. Um, about <laughs> the newbies on the Defenders track team. Um, so what did you guys think about? Sarah's losing it. I know, it's, like it's good to go over to regroup here. What right. did you all think of Ghost? I loved it. I This is Ashley, and I um, felt like I just read it last night, so um, it was very fresh. And I thought it was quick moving. I loved the characters. I thought that um, I don't love sports stories generally. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm, I I would not say that I'm a sports person. Like, I don't like to watch sports, but, like, I like doing athletic things. But I don't love reading about them. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not sure why you're laughing about that. Anyway, um, moving right along. Um, 
I like doing athletic stuff, but I don't love stories about the athletic experience necessarily. And I felt like this is very much a book about being on a track team, but he does such a great job of showing all that is beautiful and powerful about sports. Mm -hmm. And I loved that. I mean, I just thought I loved how um, the team comes together. I love learning about the newbies. I didn't know when I first started reading that um, it was about all four of them. And I can't wait to see the different, I mean, I really, you know, I plan to read the other three books because I love seeing the perspective of each of the characters. I love that kind of book. I love it when you see different people's points of views. But I just think it, it was a really rich story that also moves very quickly and is definitely middle grade. Mm-hmm. And I thought that yeah. was great. Yeah, I really like this one too. Um, I, I, I'm, I've always loved sports. I love to watch them on TV um, and I love to participate in them. I have never really participated in track and field, but I enjoyed learning about that. And I really appreciated the community that they were able to create within family, that they were able to create within the team. I I really liked learning about Ghost's, his journey and like his backstory. And the thing that I really loved about this is that my son is 10 and um, I started this as a read aloud with him, which I will finish. I had to go ahead and finish it ahead of him because I needed it for the podcast. <laughs> but um, he loved this book. And, you know, I have a hard time getting him to really engage in things that aren't um, graphic novels and really asking to read. And he love this but I could also on the other hand see my middle schoolers in eighth grade in mm-hmm. eighth grade mm-hmm. really enjoying this book mm-hmm. and so I thought I think that is a great that that is a testament to a great writer who can appeal to a 10 year old who is just entering fifth grade and also an eighth mm-hmm. an eighth grader because mm-hmm. my students I think would have loved this book so I thought it was really well done and really interesting and I love the humor too mm-hmm. like I, I it wasn't um, it was a serious book, but it had some really um, funny parts, mm-hmm. and I I just enjoyed it. So I thought it was really good. And my eleven year also really eleven year old also really liked this. Um, I will say he preferred this one to As Brave as You, which we'll also have in our giveaway. I think this one's um, a little faster paced. Yeah, than that right. one for sure. Oh, no Much pun intended. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, track just, puns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really liked seeing I mean yeah his life ghost's life is a tough life but it was also great to see that he has and finds so many great role models Mm -hmm. and the lessons in the book are ever present and Mm -hmm. yet they are not heavy-handed right so I mean just like there's a moment on the track team when he is really out of breath for the first time because running has always been so easy for him and his coach says you know we always stand tall Mm -hmm. and of course he means physically you stand tall because when you bend over it hurts your breathing and you it makes you know getting air harder <laughs> I have to but, say I have run for a long time in yeah. my life and when he said that I was like hmm I should keep that in mind because it is a natural relevant. again it's a natural yeah. instinct so it all felt very natural but you're gonna say yeah metaphorically yeah metaphorically that's great too and so I just think yeah, I really appreciated, like, um, Mr. Charles, who mm-hmm. owns the store in Ghost's Neighborhood and who has this great relationship with Ghost and who um, measures success maybe in atypical ways. I love to see his interactions with Ghost. Mm-hmm. I really liked, you know, as he's getting to know his new coach, um, whose last name is escaping, Coach Brody, um, 
even Principal Marshall, who I have to say, I had read this book before, and upon rereading it, I was like, oh my gosh, he's such a jerk. But mm-hmm. there is a way there that he cares for Ghost. Uh-huh. He's not going to cut him any slack. But um, so even though Ghost, and this is, you know, this is a moment that comes fairly early, but we learn that Ghost's dad is in jail, and so he doesn't have a father in the home, and, and his father... Um, definitely not a great role model um but he has these other people who who are fulfilling that role that role mm-hmm. who are teaching him lessons without thinking i will now teach this young kid a uh-huh. lesson and so i think it's just a really engaging way for kids to pick up on some of that yeah. and i loved how it shows i mean i loved the aspects of bullying in the mm-hmm. book and um the way that those are often for him based on socioeconomic status yeah. mm-hmm. but also um how he has all this rage built up inside and we see all the times he does contain it and he does not react um but then it seems like you know at school all they're seeing is the times that he does react um but I think just like we talked about with Long Way Down that J.C. Reynolds does a great job of just showing backstory and Mm -hmm. the depth of people and why people make the choices they do um, in their outward actions, like how that comes to pass. And then I loved how um, it's just really tender how people, even the principal, like you Mm -hmm. said, Jen, how people give him the benefit of the doubt. And there are, because I think in real life that does happen, that sometimes, you know, people um, get screwed over again Mm -hmm. and again. But then other times... When you are honest about what happened, people do try to give you a chance to redeem yourself, and he gets that chance yeah. several times, which mm-hmm. I think is awesome. Yeah. And I really enjoyed the the relationship between him and his mom, mm-hmm. and the fact that he really recognized the things that she did for him, yeah. and the fact that he didn't want to ask he didn't want to ask her for things because he knew that she would want to get them and that she would sacrifice to do that. I mean, it just showed such a, he'd had all these bad things happen, but that they had, they had this really strong relationship Mm -hmm. and um, they just were there for each other. Mm -hmm. And I really, I really like that relationship as well. It's great. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think some some of the bad choices he makes, I mean, going back to, yeah, what you're saying about his mom, like, even the bad choices he's making come from a place a, of, yeah. yeah, a place of understanding or a place of, um, even you know, love at some time. Love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that that part, but I love about the team, I thought, um, like where he and Lou kind of clash at the very beginning and then how quickly that changes yeah. and how well they support each other. And I think, again, that goes back to like, that was what I loved about the sports aspect of it and really the team component is just how powerful that can be for kids that um, suddenly you're not alone. Right. And suddenly someone who could be this like fierce competitor instead becomes your ally. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you can rival against each other and yet support each other yeah. so well. And the, the coach said, I mean, yeah, his whole character is just awesome. Um, but how much he does to foster that yes. in the kids. That moment when they are in the Chinese restaurant and they are, oh they're giving, they're each saying something. I mean... I don't know that I, I mean I was near tears just yeah. because it was just so poignant but I mean so simple mm-hmm. you know it was a simple thing to do and the way that that changed their relationship right. I just love that well and he said share something that they won't know about you but he left it up to them what to share right. so I think giving them that power to share the part of their story that they wanted to share and they all make themselves very vulnerable yeah which yeah I think setting up the situation in that way 
he's a, he's a smart man. Mm-hmm. So I loved I love too that those kids are so self aware. Mm-hmm. They um, not that again they make bad decisions. I think um, you see them making mistakes, but like Ghost is really honest with himself when he does something wrong. And so I think there's a moment when Coach is talking to him about why he runs and what he's scared of. And he says, Ghost says he's most scared of himself. And then Coach says, I hear you, kid. Trouble is you can't run away from yourself. Unfortunately, ain't nobody that fast. (laughs) And I just thought, that's brilliant. Because, yeah, how many people aren't willing to face their mistakes? And then you see this kid who makes mistakes, but then does face up to them in in really powerful ways. So I really... Yes. This was a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, thinking about classroom readings, it's really, it would be great to do lit circles and let kids choose which of the four characters uh-huh. to read about. Yes. And then, so then they have some choice, um, but they can do any of the four. And then, you know, a lot of the jigsawing and the rich discussion mm-hmm. that can come from looking at those different perspectives and how um, knowing each story enhances the whole. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the last book we're talking about is When I Was the Greatest, which centers on Ali, a 15-year-old Brooklyn boy who boxes with his mentor, Old Man Malloy, hangs out on the stoop with his friends Noodles and Needles, and takes care of his little sister Jazz. Um, In the book, Needles' Tourette's Syndrome plays a large role in the boys' lives, creating conflicts that require Ali and his friends to figure out where they stand on violence, friendship, and loyalty. What did y'all think of this one? So this is Sarah, and this is by far my favorite of Jason Reynolds's that I've read. Um, I just really felt connected to the characters. And um, unlike Ghost, which I really loved, this one kept me wanting to come back. And I, I mean, I found it very compelling and I wanted to know what was, what was going to happen. Whereas with ghost, I could kind of like lay it down and Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. was like, okay, I need to finish ghost. Whereas with, um, when I was the greatest, I just, I wanted to, I just was reading it every chance I had. And I was on vacation when I read it. So it's a testament that, (laughs) that I finished it and, um, pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is Ashley, and I thought it was great. Um, I agree with what Sarah said of all the ones I've read. I think it's definitely the strongest of the yeah of the, his works, and I've enjoyed all the ones I've read. Mm-hmm. But I do think that, um, like you said, Sarah, that it's compelling, that the characters are endearing, and that you want to know what's going to happen with them, um, and relatable. I mean, I think I love the um, relationship between. Ali and um, Noodles and I think you really and I, I love bo- how both of them navigate um, their relationship with Needles but you know I, I think it's just interesting to get into the characters and mm-hmm. how they connect to each other and I love how Reynolds reveals that yeah um, and just shows the um, complications of friendships and mm-hmm. how hard it is to navigate those kinds of relationships and so I thought that part was really cool. So this is Jen. Um, yeah, I agree with both of you that this this was the second of his books that I read, and for me, it's still my favorite as well. I just think it's tight. Like, it's, mm-hmm. I don't know that it's the shortest, but it feels, it just feels so yeah. short. When I went back to review it for the podcast, I ended up being pulled in instantly. I didn't mean to reread it, but I ended up <laughs> rereading it because I just think the characters are so great, and they're complex enough to be interesting, um, the relationships feel so real mm-hmm. and 
I found the secondary characters to be some of my favorites as well. So, yeah, I mean, it deals with a lot of hard things, but it makes me really happy. Um, Yes. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. So one of the things that I found really interesting is that Lee's family structure is not traditional, and yet he has all of these really great adults in his life. What did you all think about those relationships? Yeah. Yeah, I felt like um, I I loved how, I mean, he's connected to Miss Brenda, who lives close to them and has helped with the babysitting and those kinds of things. And then his relationship with Mr. Malloy is just awesome. I mean, I love um, seeing Mr. Malloy's influence on him and how he's quite different from Doris, his mom, and her perspective, but how she really respects him, respects Mr. Malloy and values him. And so he becomes such an important part of his life. Um, and then, I mean, his whole relationship with his dad, which I'm sure we'll explore a bit more, um, was just really fascinating because mm-hmm. I think that he and his sister are really gracious in a lot of ways toward the dad, as yeah. is as is Doris, um, who loves him but then doesn't want to put up with his kind of shenanigans that he's always into. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and so I felt like all of that just made his life really rich but also made the reading experience really enjoyable. Yeah, I agree with all of that. And I I loved Ali. I mean, he I do feel like he was an exemplary character. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was pretty good to the core. But I loved his relationship with his mom. And even though he would be frustrated with her about mm-hmm. um, the rules and all of that, that he still appreciated what she was doing for him. Which, again, I feel like for a, any teenager that age, that's pretty remarkable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, and I just loved his relationship with his sister and how they took care of each other and how he protected her and how she also like, you know, took care of him and they Mm -hmm. took care of each other. And they both realized that even though Doris was not in the home a lot because she was working, that they realized that she was working for them. And yeah. And I loved his relationship with his dad that he, um, the, the one part that really stood out to me is when he went to Malloy for the first time and he said, pretend this is your father and show me what you want to do to him. And, and, and he hugged, yeah, he hugged oh. the, the, he hugged the boxing thing. And I just, I mean, to me, that was just like the truest example of who Ali was as a character throughout mm-hmm. the whole book. He was just good. And yeah. I, I really, I really loved all of the relationships. And like you said, Jen, the secondary characters really stood out and they were well-developed. And um, even though I felt like this read younger, like a middle grade book, I, I mean, I was compelled mm-hmm. to get through it. Well, and I thought too, I appreciated that he is not naive. I mean, he is right. good, but he's not naive. Like he sees that Malloy is drinking all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. He sees that his dad is breaking the law and that he has a gun he sees, yeah, he sees people's weaknesses, and yet he's able to forgive them. And I think part of that, um, I love the punching bag moment. Yeah. And the other moment I love is when his dad is telling him the story about Rufus, the stuffed dog that oh, he has when yes. he's a kid. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> and then when he comes to put him to bed, he's holding Rufus on his chest, and they cover him up, and... His dad says, wow, you're really lucky to have Rufus to protect you. And he says, no, I'm protecting Rufus. And so I just think that epitomizes his relationship with so many characters. Um, and again, yeah, he's he's a good kid, but he's not perfect. I mean, right. He lies to his mom. He goes to a party that he knows darn well he's not supposed yes. to go to. 
He hits up his dad for clothes that he knows are stolen. I mean, so he's not, he's not perfect. He's, for me, he was believably good. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other big characters that we definitely need to talk about are Noodles and Needles. Mm-hmm. And again, I think he is keenly aware of Noodles' downfalls. And yet, he's still his best friend. And yeah, what did you all think about his relationship with Noodles first? Well, I, I thought it was believable. And I think that this is a thing that Jason Reynolds is, is a really gifted writer because although Noodles at times was just, you just didn't, you didn't like yeah. him. Yeah. He does a really good job of showing the motivation of the character. Mm-hmm. And so that you, it is not all being, you, I mean, you see all these other things that are happening to Noodles yeah. and where he is coming from and his situation. And it helps you understand the reason that he acts the way he does. Mm-hmm. And so I really like that there was all this nuance in his character that even though I felt one way about him at, times I still felt sympathetic toward him and empathetic mm-hmm. toward him when I was reading about and him. And it was believable yes. that there was enough there that Ali would go back to him. Yeah. Even though he became so frustrated with some of the things that he did. And I love the way that Reynolds tied in that example from his mom between his mom and his dad yeah. with mm-hmm. how Noodles and Ali's relationship kind of went too. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked how they kept he kept going back to that that there was going to be this one thing that was like the thing but then they both I mean they both came full circle yeah. both of those relationships came full circle mm-hmm. by the end so. mm-hmm. I like that a lot yeah I mean I felt like Reynolds did a great job of showing Noodles is a complex character yeah. and I did think like you said Sarah of all the characters I think he was really the only one that we just got really annoyed with right um, at times and felt fed up with just like Ali does mm-hmm. um but that even with that, he there's so much understanding mm-hmm. of how he is the way that he is. But like that time when they go and get the haircut, and um, he you know refuses to pay and makes wow. that whole scene. I mean, I think that was a great example of just where you know to everyone involved, mm-hmm. he was just totally out of line. Yeah. Um, and that even though. Ali understood some of the reasons why that was happening. It's still just like appalling right. and hard to stand by him, mm-hmm. you know, as he's making those choices. But I think, like you said, he comes around, you know, he mm-hmm. comes full circle. And I think that part's really powerful. And I think the way that they both interact with needles is mm-hmm. really powerful and also shows um, how both of them care so much about needles, but then it's hard for them to navigate that space and they care about him in different ways. And so right. that's really interesting. And, um, watching that part unfold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some really poignant moments with needles when um, Ali is watching him knit to deal with his Tourette's and he sees him have something start shaping up and then he has a tick and he loses it all. And just that needles is so patient in the face of that constant unraveling, literal unraveling. But yeah, I mean, needles is, again, I think there's, there's a danger there that he's too good but he has enough, you know, like when he gets fed up with noodles, finally. Mm-hmm. He's been so, so patient. I mean, the patience of a saint. And then at some point, he just can't stand by him anymore. Um, and he needs something from him, something different from him. So, yeah, I appreciate that because I think, you know, we were talking about the book and just that danger that everybody in the book is so good or that everybody has a good side. But I think we see, again, the complexity that keeps it from being too saccharine. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it's 
I have to say one my fa- one of my favorite moments with needles is when they're at the party and he is dancing yeah, up a storm and he too. is just I was I mean like he just uh, Reynolds painted this picture in my mind I could just see him dancing <laughs> and then when Ali is like that needles got the party started but then he's in the corner um, knitting when you know when the party gets going. I just, I love that too. Yeah. That was <laughs> precious to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's funny too that he's knitting and that they think the black yarn will make such a difference. <laughs> the purple yarn. They're like, yeah, it looks much better now. <laughs> um, so I think one of the interesting things Reynolds does in the book is talk about the nature of violence and mm-hmm. when Sorry, my dog is <laughs> That wasn't me. <laughs> um, when violence is an appropriate response and when it's not. Uh-huh. And so I think watching Ali, I mean, he fears violence in a lot of ways. And so watching him, I don't want to say become comfortable with it, but appreciate that, yes, it is time to be violent. This is the right thing. Uh-huh. I, I thought was really an interesting arc for a character and one that's unexpected. I don't mm-hmm. know that I've seen that in many other books. What did y'all think of that part? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's something Reynolds does well because mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. we talked about that with Long Way Down yeah. um, and I feel like I've seen it in all of the books of his that I've read. It's not, again, not condoning violence for the sake of violence but saying there's a time to stand up yeah. and that sometimes standing up isn't just using your words, that it's mm-hmm. taking action, and that sometimes that action can be somewhat physical. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I felt like that part I appreciated. And, and like, like you said, Jen, I think it's different than a lot of other authors. And um, something that I think I think that's one of the ways that Reynolds does a great job of having a wide audience Mm -hmm. for his books because he really shows that Noodles is the one in the book who uses violence inappropriately. And again, not out of control. Um, He's not a terrible guy, but he is, you know, rash and impulsive. And he is always sort of like um, puffed up about things. And so I feel like, um, you know, we have that nice contrast between him and Ali, who Mm -hmm. is not wanting to take action, even though he's clearly a great boxer, you know, he doesn't want to have to, um, take that somewhere to do something with that. And I think the, the whole party scene part is really powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, that he, it's, it's a lot about him finding himself. And I I agree with what you said that I don't think typically we don't think of violence as a way of someone finding themselves, um, or understanding themselves better. But in this case, that really was, it was the, I'm, this is what it means to be loyal. This is what it means to do the right thing. This is what it means to protect needles who needs protection. Mm-hmm. And so I think in that context, it it is a really powerful moment and a convincing mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. And then I think that was also a really good comparison to then how John protects Ali when Ali expects him to 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 yeah. remedy what is going on with violence and then that john is like no i'm not that's not what i'm gonna do mm-hmm. you know so i yeah i really like the way that that he tackled violence in the in the mm-hmm. book and mm-hmm. just the different the scope the scope of everything that we saw throughout from the beginning to the end mm-hmm. and the commentary on it. it was really interesting yeah like i don't want to give too much away about yeah. the ending but i think that um that definitely, I just loved that. I did not expect it. I don't know how you all thought. I, I didn't think he was going to do horrible things right. either. Right. 
but I also didn't, I just couldn't anticipate. I kept thinking, how's he going to work this out? But I think that what I loved is that, and I think Reynolds does a great job with this, is suggesting that there could be another way. Right. That that doesn't have to always be the way, and that there is a reason why people make the choices that they do, and that sometimes, I mean, like I was just saying, like sometimes standing up for somebody means, um, that you have to protect them physically, mm-hmm. but that there that doesn't always have to be that outcome, and that yeah. doesn't have to be the choice. And right. I loved that; like I loved all of that at the end. And I felt like it was—I mean, we talked about the plausibility <laughs> before we were recording of whether that would really work things out or not. And um, you know what his dad does, we could debate whether mm-hmm. it could, but I think it's feasible. Yeah. And I loved that it was just a way of him using his wits and using his understanding of the world to try to you know, take a new pathway. Yeah. And I do have to say one, one thing before we close, um, I love the way that Jason Reynolds uses Brooklyn is Mm -hmm. at the backdrop of this story. I almost felt like Brooklyn was another character Mm -hmm. because I felt like he did such a great job of describing, um, their pride for and where they live. And because when, even when Ali is like, let's just leave. And John is like, no, this is our home. Yeah. And he just, he described the community in such a way that is just, I don't know. I, I just, I really appreciated the way that Brooklyn was portrayed yeah. for these characters. And the fact that, you know, even when there was this trouble that they weren't just going to leave mm-hmm. because it was their home. And, um, I don't know. He just did a, did a really good job of making it come alive for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. So I think um, to close things out, let's just talk a little bit about how we think Jason Reynolds' works um, would work in the classroom. Um, from a middle school perspective, I, um, I think that all of these ones that we've discussed uh, have a place in a middle school class. And what I would have liked would like to do is lit circles with them and let mm-hmm. and just do an author study on Jason Reynolds and let students choose which which book feels the most appropriate for them because mm-hmm. I think it de- they definitely range ghost I feel like ranges younger yeah. than um both when I was the greatest and long way down with long way down kind of skewing more toward like eighth grade mm-hmm ninth grade i mean i think that would be a great opportunity to study his work and his overarching message so i mean i would definitely use it in middle school yeah i think from high school as well they're a great fit for the classroom i think that he does a great job of keeping them i mean i used a lot of books in my class that did have language and things Mm -hmm. like that in it um and i think that you know different teachers have different perspectives on that but Um, and different schools have different perspectives, but he keeps everything very clean. Mm -hmm. Um, and even the things that have more, like Sarah said, I think like long way down the, it's very easy to read, but the content is more Mm -hmm. mature. Yes. But even when things have more mature content, he still does it in a way that's accessible to students. And that is going to, you know, you're not going to alienate readers, Mm -hmm. um, as far as the way that he presents everything that's happening. Um, and so I really like that part. And I also think that his books have a nice common thread. I mean, I think what we talked about with the different books and how he shows the role of violence in Mm -hmm. society, but also the way that um, trends and cycles can be broken, I think that a lot of that comes up in a lot of his books. And Mm so um, I think that there would be some great discussion if kids do the lit circles, like Sarah was saying, Mm -hmm. where there's a lot of common threads that can be picked apart from the different angles and the different books perspectives and I love that um, because I think that that really 
enriches the discussion. Um, and we didn't talk today about all American boys, but that is one that has been used in the classroom. I mean, we, we have worked with several mm-hmm. teachers who have used it, um, and I know that nationally people are using it in the classroom quite a bit, and it is great for talking about police brutality and race relations um, connected to police brutality. And I think, it again, I mean, it's a great, it's, it's Jason Reynolds and um, Brennan Kiley. And it's a great fit for the classroom because it isn't super, super long. It comes from two different perspectives. Um, it really does a good job of showing all sides of the story. Um, and so, you know, I think he's got a lot out there yeah. that can mm-hmm. be used in the classroom and used well. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, I think the potential for author study is great. I think you, it also pairs well with other works. Um, so this year a teacher taught um, All American Boys alongside The Hate You Give, and I think that was a great pairing. Um, I think All American Boys skews a little younger than The Hate You Give, so mm-hmm. I think that's nice too to allow that range. You know, one's from a male perspective or two males' perspectives, and one's from a, a female perspective. So I think that is a nice option as well, just because he is so topical, like Ashley was saying, just dealing with violence. Um, the last book we talked about, um, I had marked a quotation, the obvious should never be ignored. And I think that's a really great point that you can see in all of Reynolds's work, that there are mm-hmm. things that we need to talk about mm-hmm. and he's not going to shy away from talking about them in a way that is accessible to readers. So I just think, yeah, his books are made for the classroom. Thanks for listening. We love Jason Reynolds's work and we think his books are a great fit in the classroom. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at UnabridgedPod or on the web at UnabridgedPod.com for a list of ways to support us. We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light, and Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged. Unabridged.